Today, I want to talk about um, a psalm, really, Psalm 118. So if you are, if you want to follow it, I'm going to show it on the screen. That's, that's what the slides are, nothing, nothing more than that. Um, but it's a psalm that I've been sort of studying or, or, or reading through um, over the last few weeks, really. And it's something that I, um, I've really found a real encouragement. And, uh, and particularly as I've, uh, you know, we're thinking about the, the new lockdown and, and, and some of the challenges that we're facing. I have found this psalm a real, uh, a real encouragement and a bit of a challenge as well in terms of some of the things that, uh, that it brings up. So today I just want to have a sort of a, a whistle-stop tour through this psalm. Um, really not to go into any great depth because we don't have the time for that, but maybe um, if uh, after this, if, if, uh, if you, you know, if you feel like it, this, this could be a psalm that perhaps will be a real strength and a help to you in the, in the days and weeks to come. Uh, and it's something that uh, I know I found helpful and, and hopefully uh, you will too. Um, and, uh, but I particularly want to focus upon the fact that the, the psalm in, towards the middle um, comes to this point of um, being a, a psalm that is of victory and joy. And this can be a challenge for us in, in what we face, uh, not only in, in our current circumstances, but also in individual circumstances uh, uh, that we face during our lives. Um, so I want to uh, read this to, uh, together. I'm going to read it through. Um, it's going to be on the screen. And then I want to just talk about particularly um, the verse that we get to. Now, the other thing to say about this psalm is that it's a, a, a bit of a, a sort of a declaration psalm. And what I like about it is that some of the wonderful truths, it repeats. And um, like our declaration, which, um, you know, we, we have a number that we go through. But actually what it does is it helps us and it helps me to record some of the, the really important truths and to try and get them deep within us. And the psalmist, um, you know, is there trying to say, these are really wonderful truths. So as we read it through, you'll pick up on that uh, and see what the psalmist is trying to do. So, um, so it's a Psalm 118. We'll start at verse one and we're going to go down to verse 15. So they give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He answered me by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. 
and uh, the psalm goes on and, 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 and you can, can read it uh, in your own time. But this is, as I was reading it through for the first time, this is where I got to. And that verse, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous, really st struck out to me. And it really um, it jumped out of the page, if you like. And, and, and I've been thinking and, 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 and thinking about the implications of that. Because in reality, and I'm thinking about my, my own life, it, that isn't often true. Um, this house doesn't resound, resound to shouts of joy and victory. Well, I must say it does on some occasions, um, uh, particularly yesterday. Uh, was an, an, a particular occasion where there was shouts of joy and victory. Uh, there was no one to hear them because my wife had gone out. But uh, those that were uh, aware of, of, of the football yesterday, uh, Crystal Palace uh, won 4-1. Uh, and, and I was listening to it. And every time a goal uh, went in, there was a shout of joy and victory. And, um, and so there was, there was quite a lot of shouting yesterday, um, uh, albeit just for me to hear. Um, but so that happens. Unfortunately, when you support a team like Crystal Palace, that is a relatively rare occurrence. Um, but of course, we're not, uh, the psalm isn't talking about individual, well, it is talking about individual moments, but, but it's talking much more than that. It's talking about um, a, a state of being that the child of God should uh, experience. It's not about a, a moment in time so much as something that who uh, something defines who we are as the people of God. We are those that can shout with joy and victory at all times because the, 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 the verse there is it resounds, it goes round and round. It is there echoing around all the time. Um, now, this may not be what we experience. And I was thinking that's not how I particularly experience my life. So I was just challenged by this psalm to look into, into that a bit more. So the first thing I wanted to say is who, who uh, can experience, who can live like this? And of course, th that verse says, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. Now, I just want you to, you know, I can't see you at the moment, but it, you know, you can put up your hand if you are righteous. Now, I hope all of you who are on the call today, I'll have your hand up. And, and the truth is that if we are followers of Jesus, if we trust in Jesus, we are righteous. And in fact, we could say without any contradiction that there is no one more righteous than me right now. And the truth is, that's true, because you cannot be more righteous than having the righteousness of Christ applied to your life. And so whatever you've been through, whatever your experience this week, there is no one more righteous than you right now. And you can declare that over yourself at any point of the day, of night, whatever you, because you are covered and you are, have been credited with the righteousness of Christ. And so therefore, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. That is true or should be or can be true of all of us here. So how do we get there? How do we get to this point of having uh, joy and victory resounding around in the midst of a lockdown, in the midst of stuff that goes on in our lives? How do we, how do we experience this? Well, I, I just want to go through this psalm very briefly. Um, we haven't got a huge amount of time, 
Um, and, and I just want to give you a little taster of some of the things this psalm says, uh, just to, to focus on it. And maybe if you want to, in your own time, you can have a look at it in a bit more detail. So just popping back then to, to verse one, it starts with this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Now, it's right that we give thanks. It's right that we have many things to give thanks for. We can give thanks for, for being able to go out on a nice sunny day. We give thanks to, uh, to God for, for a lovely meal or, or a present or, or, or whatever it might be. But what this psalmist is saying is, is actually what we primarily give thanks for is the fact that we know God, that he is good and that his love endures forever. And you know what? That is something the time every day we can wake up in the morning regardless of our circumstances and we say God I thank you because you are good you are good you've always good you'll never not be good you'll never not be good towards me and I know that your love endures forever it's never going to change through all circumstances through all situations your love is gonna stay the same towards me and and you are only good towards me now that is you know that is a statement of truth that we can give thanks for every day and as we do that so so this this sense of joy grows in our hearts even in the midst of most difficult circumstances and and to help us the psalmist then goes on to say let let Israel say his love endures forever and he just goes on to repeat it he's as though he's trying to help us to get this thought in our minds so what we might say is is let Plumstead say his love endures forever. And then we might go to, to Welling and we say, let Welling say his love endures forever. And if you're in Woolwich, let Woolwich say his love endures forever. And if you're in Thamesmead, let, let Thamesmead say his love endures forever. And, and if we've missed anybody out, and I know there are a few people from elsewhere, so let anyone else who is from a different place say his love endures forever. See, this is something that is worth getting joyful about, that whatever happens, whatever circumstances, whatever we're being through, his love will stay the same towards us. His love will never end. His love will be constant and, uh, and unchanging and unerring. But then we go on to verse five, which says here, when hard pressed, I cried to the Lord, he answered me and he set me free. Now, I haven't got time to go into the depths of this verse, but, but the reality of it is, is that, that one of the, the key elements of salvation is that we were set free. We were set free from sin. We were set free from death. And we were set free from fear, from guilt, from all the things that were against us. And one of the wonderful things that, that God promises is that he takes us from one degree of glory to another. So that so that, that degree of freedom that we experience goes on increasing day by day. You see, we, we, we still have things in our lives that, that sort of try and bind us. We, we still have fears. We still, have, we still suffer from guilt from time to time. And yet God promises that he's at work in us to bring us into greater degrees of freedom. That's what he's about. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. He declares that. And, and therefore, Jesus is at work in your life right now to bring you into greater freedom, to bring you into greater experience of what he 
uh, achieved on the cross. And he wants us to know that, that as we press into him, he will bring us into greater freedom in him. And so that's a, a thing to get joyful about, is to say God's at work in me. He's, he's doing work in me to bring me to a greater degree of freedom. And so I turn to him and I ask him and I, I cry to him and he answers me by setting me free, by making, bringing more freedom and joy into my life. And so, and so these things help us to think, yeah, I can have a shout of joy over this. But then we come on to this whole thing of, of victory. And, and these next verses talk about that. Uh, and so verse six says, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. One of the things uh, that this, these verses are talking about is, uh, you know, the, the, the six and seven particularly repeats, the Lord is with me. And one of the things that God has never experienced is defeat. He doesn't know what it me feels like to be defeated. He has never been defeated and he will never be defeated. And because of that, we can be absolutely sure that we will never be defeated because the one who is undefeated and undefeatable is with me. He stands with me in every moment of my life. He is there. He promises. Uh, he promised to his disciples and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. There was a promise that he left with them. And because he is undefeated and because he can't be defeated, then neither can we. We can go into situations that look like defeat, but we will never be defeated. Because in the end, we will look in triumph on our enemies because we have God with us. Man cannot defeat us. The enemy cannot defeat us because we stand with Jesus. We stand with God. And therefore, he goes on to say, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. These people, these man, these, these uh, strong people in this earth cannot defend us because they're men. They can be defeated, but God cannot be. And so as we reflect on this, we think about this thinking, Do you know what? Although what I'm going through, what I'm in looks like defeat, it can't be that because God is with me and I'm going to trust in him and he's going to bring me out on the other side. And these next few verses I find interesting as well because he, the, the, the psalmist, the writer, is talking about physical victories over his enemies, uh, uh, countries and, and, and nations that have attacked and, uh, and he has been able to overcome them um, by uh, trusting in God. So it says there, um, oh, I've lost my, I've done that wrong. There we go. There we go. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as 
burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. What the psalmist is helping us to see is that as we trust in God, as we uh, uh, respond, as we uh, get um, uh, the, the, the arrows, if you like, of the enemy, there is a way of dealing with it. And it is to counteract what the enemy is trying to do. You see, the enemy will come in and try and convince us that all is hopeless. The enemy will come in and say, it's no good. Um, it's all going to turn out bad. These are the lies of the enemy that will come in and they will swarm around us. They will come in on every side. And yet there is a, cl a, a clue here in how we deal with that. As we speak truth, as we speak what God has said over them, we cut them off. As we speak uh, the truth of the Bible, we speak the truth of what God has spoken over us, in his name, we cut them off. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you and that is true of of being able to resist temptation but it's also true of being able to to stand against his lies and all the stuff that he tries to bring against us to try and convince us in our minds that we are defeated that we are lost that we are unloved that we are uncared for and so this this psalm is helping us to say no no we we, we can speak over these truths we can speak over these lies rather and bring truth and cut off these lies that are coming in from the enemy. And so the, the psalmist is encouraging us, and again, he's, he's repeating it, so, so we, we get it in our minds, we get it in our heads. No, do you know what? I can stop these thoughts. I can stop these, this way of thinking. I can stop the way I'm, I'm, that my mind is going by just repeating the truth that God is with me, that God loves me, that he is for me, that he is going to bring me through. He's going to bring me into victory final few verses I was pushed back and about to fall but the Lord helped me the Lord is my strength and my song he has become my salvation again a verse that that has got such a lot of truth and depth to it I don't really have time uh, to go into that but it's about <clears throat> the fact that we can sing about our salvation we do that each time we come on zoom and and and, and those wonderful times of of worship and, and it's great to do that uh, to reflect on all that God is and has done to us, uh, done for us. And then we come to this verse that, that I started with, that shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. And I don't know whether you're ready to give a shout of joy and victory when you think about all that God has done for us, the fact that he has uh, uh, saved us and the fact that he is for us. But I just want to bring one last thought, really, um, about uh, how we view circumstances because we can uh, we can still be in the midst of things which look really bad look really difficult and uh, and of course although God has never known defeat has never known uh, 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 and will never know defeat he has gone through something that from every angle from every human and earthly angle looked like defeat and that of course uh, was the cross itself you see um, if you take it from a human perspective the cross was an awful defeat Jesus lived a, a life that promised so much he was 
seemed to be so popular. He seemed to, to have got all the crowds going for him. He, he, he went through a, a time of, of people just running to him and, and, and being so amazed at everything he did. And, and yet at the end, he couldn't even persuade his, all of his 12 followers to be loyal to him. One of them is one of those who portrayed him. He couldn't even keep the loyalty of his closest friends. The upstanding religious leaders of the day, they looked at him and decided that he was a fraud, that he was someone to be got rid of. And so these, these upstanding people had made a decision. And surely, surely, if you want to persuade anybody, you need to persuade the religious leaders. He was, after all, one of them, a religious leader. At his trial, no one came to his defence. He, he actually was found innocent by one of the, the, the judges, but he was condemned anyway. That just speaks of defeat. And at his trial, the, the one person who had promised to stand with him denied that he even knew him. And then he was put, put to death on a cross. And of course, that was a symbol of someone who was cursed by God. As you look at the cross, as you look at every angle of it from a human perspective, it was total defeat. No, no event in history looks more like a defeat. And yet, of course, we know that this was the beginning of the greatest victory that the world has ever seen. So Paul declares, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And he writes in Romans, and he asks the question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. So brothers and sisters, I just want us to to think actually whatever our circumstances looks like whatever we're going through we're not defeated we cannot be defeated because our God is with us he's promised to help us he's promised to be with us in all circumstances he is good his love for you endures forever through every circumstance through every situation he's committed to you whatever and he is more powerful than any man. He's more powerful than anything that can come against you. He is working in you to increase your freedom. And you will look in triumph on your foes. It will happen because that's who we serve. That's who we know. That's who is with us and for us.